So many moons ago, I remember I was at, uh, what's that place called? Urban Outfitters, downtown Toronto. And I saw this crop top and I was like, oh man, I'm in my early 20s. This is so cool. I gotta have it. And it was a t-shirt that said Valentine's R4. And then it had a picture of a kitten right under it. So Valentine's are for pussies. And fast forward a couple of years later, I moved back to Kenya. And this guy comes up to me, looks at my t-shirt and goes, eh, Valentine's are for cats. Welcome to another episode of Cut the Foreplay. My name is Hattie Favre. I'm your host for this and every other episode until the internet goes away. Today is a very special episode for two reasons. Number one, it's technically a special because it's Valentine's Day. It's a Valentine's Day special. Look at that. Number two, I have said this many a time as a joke and then I felt like it was completely necessary to have it unfold in this very episode. So today I am doing this episode completely naked. I feel uncomfortable. I feel excited. I feel like there are parts of me that I can access both emotionally and physically that I haven't in other episodes. Most importantly, please note that I am actually an autosexual, which means I am heavily attracted to myself. So this is going to be a very distracting episode. It was a snack if I ever did see one. Happy Valentine's Day, you beautiful sluts. After 10 months of lockdowns and no school, I guess it's not shocking that this is what moms want the most right now. So if you are a mom, if you have a mom, if you are sleeping with somebody else's mom, I don't judge. MILFs are it, man. We all know this. Got the experience. They got the money. Something about a woman being fertile is, I think, sexy. I don't know. I don't want children. I can't tell. Basically, what I'm trying to say is moms are underrated and underappreciated. I'm going to tell you exactly how to please them. Two in the pink. I'm just kidding. That is not okay to say. Closing. Wash your mouth out with soap, Nadia. A new Valentine's Day poll found that the number one thing that moms want this year is for everyone to just leave them the fuck alone. <laughs> you cannot make this stuff up. On the reels, this is a proper survey that was taken from thousands of people. Me time is the most popular gift that moms want. And you might want to make it a multi-day thing because a single afternoon to themselves probably won't be enough given that they've been taking care of kids for a year straight going to work and trying to survive a pandemic and be emotionally stable for themselves and for everybody else all at the same time. The average mom would love to get at least 13 hours of me time a week, but it rarely happens. I honestly, like this is from the bottom of my heart, I applaud the shit out of mothers. I cannot be a mother. This is a fact and I've said it before and I'll say it again. I remember saying it in my early 20s and people would brush it off. In my mid 20s, they would also brush it off. In my late 20s, they'd be like, Ah, just wait until you turn 30 or you're in your 30s. Your biological clock will hit and you'll... First of all, let's start here. You're a stranger. You have never been anywhere near my vagina. Don't tell me what to do with it. Number two, here I am, 30 years old. Do I want a child? <laughs> 
Oh my god. Literally would rather be part of a human centipede with my entire family. And don't get me wrong, I am maternal Susan. I have six nieces and nephews. I love the shit out of them. I can oscillate between being the fun aunt to the authoritative aunt. I am happy to play that role. But the shooting one out of my hoo-ha and being responsible for it for the rest of my life is just some kind of selflessness that I never want to tap into and constantly keep tapping into that. God, it is just too tough. I've seen it. I've seen it from, from friends to, to family members. It's, 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 it's too much. I'm just not built for that. Self-awareness is important. You got to know what roles you want to play in life and you stick to them. Sir Alan Watts, the great philosopher and the man of my sexual fantasies, always says that life is a grand play. And if you look at it objectively and you look at your body as it were a costume and other people as fellow actors, and this is a character that you're playing, if you look at it as a script, what plot would you want your character to have and what roles would you want them to play? I'm happy with lover. I'm happy with professional body roller. I'm happy with being that person that was in a play fight with my friend and she pushed me over and I sat on a grill once at a barbecue and then I was like, huh, I thought there wasn't anything cooking. No, it was my ass. My ass was on fire and it was cooking. Fun fact for you, I still have the grill marks on there. Anyway, long story short, moms, y'all are it. And if any MILFs want to call me, whew, Six seven eight triple nine eight two one two. So a third of moms say that uh, they'd give up their phone for a month to get more time to themselves on a regular basis. Oh my god, poor babies! You shouldn't have to give up anything to have good things. And over half have even set reminders on their phone or calendars just to force the issue and make sure they get in their me time. I'm uh, whoa. <laughs> I have so many feelings right now. I just want y'all to be happy and feel at peace and nourished soulfully. The second set of statistics that I found, if your Valentine's Day gifts get uh, a bad reaction, blame COVID. It's pretty simple because 52% of people who are celebrating Valentine's Day this year will not be spending as much as they do usually. Stat number one, apparently men will spend an average of $231 while women will only spend $101. I'm usually all about equality because I am a feminist, but uh, if I've learned anything from uh, Ephraim's dad on Everwood circa 2003 is that fair doesn't always mean equal. And I think it's fair that men would pay more than women because women get less orgasms from men or close to zero if you are a straight woman. <laughs> it's so sad because it's true. I'm not a gifty kind of gal, whether Valentine's Day or any day of the year. It's not it's not part of my um my regular way of receiving love. So I don't really care how much you spend on it. I'll just be like, ah, oh, cool, thanks, I guess. <laughs> uh, unless it's a dick in a box. But that's probably more of an act of service, am I right? Okay, Nadia, that's enough. Number two, the top five people we're spending on are our significant others, spouses, other family members, our friends, our kids' classmates and teachers, and our pets. And around one in seven people will also buy themselves a gift. The most popular gifts this year are candy, cards, flowers, and an evening out. But only one in four people are going out this year, which is the lowest ever. I mean, is it really romantic to sit across from someone and constantly sanitize and be fearful of taking off your mask because in case you inhale the same air as somebody else who's not at the table who has COVID, then oh my God, blammo. Oh, it's just too much stress. How do people with anxiety like date and go on dates right now? Just stay home with your vibrator is my solid professional advice. What was that tweet? 
about that girl who's like, it sounds like she's clipping hair all night because of her vibrator. <laughs> she's out there being like, Mom, I'm harvesting bees. Here's my cup of tea, regardless of pandemic or not. Number four, 41% of people are planning a special dinner or celebration at home instead. I'm a big fan of uh, cooking together and dropping things and picking them up really slow and looking behind. I mean, it's the perfect place. It's the perfect place to get things done. Lots of oils around, you know? Not the hot ones, but lots of things that could be lubricants, spatulas for spanking, you name it. Sis, the kitchen is your oyster. Number five, 73% of people who are celebrating think it's especially important to do something for Valentine's Day this year. Anything for instant gratification because the world's coming to an end. Number six, this is the most hopeful episode I've ever done. Number six, an annual study on the best cities for Valentine's Day found that the top five cities are San Francisco, Honolulu, Portland, Oregon, Seattle, in San Jose, California. But because we're in Kenya and America means nothing to me. I made my own list. Kisumu, Isiolo, Lamu, Kakamega. I only chose Kakamega as number one because Kakamega gives me that same feeling as uh, the word peperuka, <laughs> which is my favorite Swahili word in the world. I will use any reason to use it. Peperuka. It just sounds right. It's onomatopoeic. <laughs> you know the word I'm trying to say. A word that phonetically imitates, resembles, or suggests the sound that it describes. Peperuka. But it also sounds like some shit some white girls would use as their brand name and sell something like bespoke tampons. Welcome to our new brand, here for the people of color. Pei Pei Rukar, bespoke tampons for the colored folk. Remember, you can pay by M. on Nagong Road, near Oleakatukatukatukatukatukatukatukatukatukatukatukatukatukatukatukatukatukatukatukatukatukatukatukatukatukatukatukatukatukatukatukatukatukatukatukatukatukatukatukatukatukatukatukatukatukatukatukatuk
So if you already know about love languages, then this will serve as a refresher. And if you don't buckle up, this is about to change everything. It's essentially like a cheat sheet into learning somebody else's habits. So picture this, I'm a bag of dicks. No, <laughs> yes, but no. Picture this, you and I are in a relationship. <coughs> Sorry, Woo. my throat closed up from my commitment issues. <clears throat> you and I are in a committed relationship. We've been together for the last four and a half years. Everything is going swimmingly. We've met each other's parents. You get the fanny flutters every time I walk into a room. I know that last part isn't hard to imagine. And I have a bad day at work. And when you come back home, I'm like, hey, I had a really tough one. I don't know what to do, blah, 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 blah. If my love language is words of affirmation, what I would want is for you to sit down with me and say, hey, I totally understand where you're coming from. Your thoughts are completely valid. I love you and I'm here for you. You're good at your job. How can we find a solution? Number two, if my love language is acts of service and that scenario played out, and I was having a stressful day and I sat down, best believe I'd want you to grab me a glass of wine and maybe at the end of dinner, you do the dishes instead of me. I would feel completely taken care of and extremely happy. Number three, receiving gifts. I don't, I have, I'm not a gift person. <laughs> Neither have I ever been with somebody who loves receiving gifts, but I guess if I had a bad day at work in this scenario, you would just have to run into the room and make me a macaroni necklace and come out and present it to me. If that seems weird and vague, it's because it is. So the real definition is that uh, this love language isn't necessarily material materialistic. It just means that a meaningful or thoughtful gift makes your partner feel loved and appreciated. Something as simple as picking up a pint of their favorite ice cream after a long work week can make a huge impact. Oh, that's sweet. I also like the macaroni necklaces though. Love chewing on the glue. If I came home from work and had a bad day and I loved quality time, which is our fourth love language, then it would mean I would like for you to sit with me and your presence would make me feel better. Number five, if I enjoyed physical touch, which I definitely don't as a love language. <laughs> if I had that same bad day, you would hug me and hold me and uh, khalas, I would be the happiest little camper. But the, the thing is that people have a combination of these things. For instance, I receive love uh, with words and with acts of service and with quality time. So if I had said bad day at work and I came and sat down, I would want to hear the, it's okay, you're good at your job, you're gonna be fine, let's find a solution. and then you can bring me a glass of wine and within that time we would have spent quality time and I'm I'm laughing I'm the happiest little turd so somebody had asked what do you do when you have different love languages for instance this girl who wants a love letter and this guy who can't write one I mean it's very difficult I've been with partners where it's physical touch and I had to actively remind myself constantly pat their back hug them look into their eyes hold their hands. And like sometimes we don't have to fucking hold hands when I'm driving, it's repulsive. But you know, you do it, you do it because you have to do it. And then eventually, honestly, you get conditioned and it becomes a natural way for you to show love and it becomes less repulsive. I suggest it, try it. Compromise is an actual thing. So what do we tell this dude with the different love languages from his partner? I would say, honestly, write it. Write the love letter and in the love letter, be honest. Hey, I'm not good with my words but I love you and I want you to feel happy. So this is my attempt at it. I hope it's sufficient. And if it isn't, I'll try again next year. Intentions are everything, honestly. What's the one thing you think people get wrong in relationships? Oh my God. I, I, I think the number one thing is, ah, 
over-romanticizing monogamy, I think is quite nuts when you look at somebody else and you're like, everything, everything I need in this world, I need to get from you. And if you falter just a little bit, I'm going to be fucking crushed and hate you for the rest of my life. And if it ends, even though we had X amount of years together, I'm going to be upset because it didn't last forever. I think that's the craziest notion in the world. I like to look at partnerships as like, am I enjoying you today? Am I enjoying you the next day? The day we stop making each other feel happy, the day we don't serve each other anymore, we can just call it quits in a very amicable way and still love each other from afar and not be in love. Easier said than done, because I have old partners that won't even look at me in the eye. They're like, fuck it, I'll turn to stone. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you probably will, because after all these years, I can still get you hard. The nakedness has given me so much confidence. At what point in the talking stage do we speak about whether or not we're into BDSM? <laughs> ah, I love this question so much. I think it varies for everyone, no? It depends on what personality you have and how you approach dating. I am just about that honesty. It's like, here I am on a plate. Do you want to consume this or do you not? I'm not going to keep little secret habits and show it to you a year down the line. So on a first date, you make sure that like you trip and fall and knock your head and then mention to him or her that the near concussion is giving you the tingles in your nether region. Make sure that he or she slams the car door on your fingers and you begin to moan. <laughs> Just just in the taxi. While you're on the first date, put your hand over the candle, let it burn through your skin, close to your bone, while you wink at him or her. When you leave the restaurant, make sure to commit a crime, so that when the police put you in handcuffs, you whisper, 